0: You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on
1: the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
0: every day.
2: And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is November 29th, 2018. My name is Philip rossman I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Happy to be with you here on a Thursday. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at underscore omd on today's episode, we're going to talk all about the Orlando Magic's loss to the Portland Blazers. Another one where you can successfully and rightfully say the Magic left one on the board. All credit to the Portland Blazers, Of course, they won the game. But the Magic left one on the board and that is becoming to be a fr- frustrating and consistent theme. And while I want to sit here and say that it's good that we're having that conversation, that these are games the Magic should win and they're going to come to regret losing these games come April... Magic still have a game and a half lead on, on ninth in the East, by the way. They're the eighth seed in the East currently. Steve Clifford will yell at me if I do that, and I'll explain what Steve Clifford is getting at and why he is absolutely right to hold this team to the to hold this team and honestly hold the fan base to this kind of account. So I'll try my best not to talk in moral victory language for the rest of this podcast. Now, before we do any of that, I want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network by searching for Locked On and the team you are looking for. Just like there's an Orlando Magic podcast, which you're listening to right now, covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, you can find a Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA, most teams in the NFL, a growing number of MLB teams, as well as college teams as well now that the college basketball season is getting into full swing. Just go onto iTunes, search for Locked On and the team you are looking for, looking to get a leg up on the Phoenix Suns as they took on the LA Clippers last night and lost. Check out Locked On Suns. They do a great job covering the Phoenix Suns. Looking for the Blazers perspective from tonight's game, check out Locked On Blazers. They do a great job as well. Looking for the national perspective, check out Locked On NBA. I was a guest on Locked On NBA earlier this week. Talking about the Magic's surprising start and Nikola Vucevic's burgeoning all-star interest seems to be a hot topic around the NBA these days. Definitely check those podcasts out. You can find them all on iTunes just for Locked On and the team you're looking for or Locked On NBA or Locked On Fantasy Basketball. The Orlando Magic, once a lot of these Magic games are beginning to take on not similar hues and similar patterns, but there are some patterns and trends that have developed, and, and many of them are good. I'll, I'll, I believe, I'll, I'll say that, and I know I promise no moral victories. Many of them are good, but many of them are bad too. Orlando came out a little bit lackluster in this game. They had to, had to fight their way back, but then they took the lead. 11-point lead, in fact. Then they gave it all away in the third quarter as Damian Lillard hit 10 three-pointers for the entire game. He had, I think he had 7 in that fourth quarter, he actually single-handedly outscored the Magic in a 40-point third quarter and Orlando was facing an uphill climb to get back into this one. But they were up for the task. Damian Lillard cooled off when he went to the bench in the fourth quarter and Orlando fought all the way back, tying the game on some occasion, on one occasion, late in the game going on a 10-0 run to, to bring it in, bring it down to a single possession and having multiple bites at the apple to take the lead and win the game. Orlando had the opportunity to win this game. But four turnovers in the final two minutes. Four by Jonathan Simmons for the game, four by Jonathan Isaac for the game, three for Evan Fournier. Four of the Magic's 14 turnovers happened in the final minute of the game. Or the final two minutes of the game. In a one-possession game, those are all opportunities to take control, to win the game. And at the end of... I mean, you hear me say that clutch play is a little bit of an overrated stat. And it is, to some extent. Because good teams don't win close games. They avoid them. The Magic are not a good team. Well, not in in that sense. They are a good team. But they're not a great team. As they noted on the Fox Sports Florida broadcast, the Magic have played... 15 quote-unquote close games, games that are within five points in the final five minutes. 15 of their 22 games have been close, have come down to late game execution, to being able to get good shots and make good shots at the end of games. And typically close games are going to be 50-50 propositions and, and, and the Magic are largely 500 in these games, which explains a lot. But these are the moments that matter. And in these moments that matter, you have to be at your best. And the Magic right now, or the Magic on Wednesday night, were not at their best. Trailing by 11 points in the fourth quarter, the Magic made a really strong comeback to make this a game. When they dialed in their defense in that fourth quarter, they looked like not only a playoff team, but a really good team because their offense was incredible all night, shooting 51.9% from the floor, 14 for 30 from beyond the arc, getting the line for 15 free throws, which is pretty good for them, especially in a slower game like this one. Orlando had 28 assists on 42 field goal makes. I mean, they're, they're hovering around 30 assists most nights. They move the ball really well. They get good shots. They can score when they're dialed in on both ends this is a really good team and for honestly they are dialed in more often than not and that's why they have opportunities to win games if if you're going to find a moral victory which is not much of a moral victory but I will grant that that, that we're at this stage the magic give themselves a chance to win probably 8 out of 10 nights now 4 out of 5 nights that's not something we could say last year the year before year before that so applaud there. But all losses, just like all wins, count the same. The record book does not care if you lose by one or 20. They all count the same. And so when it comes to winning in these close games, you've got to take advantage. You've got to play at your best. And the Magic weren't at their best. Evan Fournier... Did his darndest, did his best to get the magic back into the game. A guy who has struggled so much with his shot, finally found the spark at the end of the game. That 10-0 run, 8 points were from Evan Fournier. Finally made a couple threes, got into the, got into the lane, got, got a good shot. But as Evan Fournier who's very hard on himself to Made some just baffling decisions at the end of the game. He had one play where he had two, he had three consecutive turnovers, I believe, um, it, or he only actually turned the ball over twice. So he had, or yeah, he had three turnovers in the game. He had, he certainly had two turnovers in the final two minutes on b- consecutive plays that were just, what were you thinking? He had one where he drove into the lane, jumped before he knew where he was passing it. And then couldn't get the ball to Nikola Vucevic like he wanted. Turnover, steal. Luckily, the Magic got a stop because the Magic's defense was dialed in. Then down by one, Orlando on the fast break. Evan Forney with Terrence Ross to his right and DJ Augustin to his left on a three-on-two fast break. Just telegraphed his pass. Didn't seem comfortable and confident where he wanted to go. Allowed the defense to bait him to where they wanted him to put it. And he tried to get to DJ Augustin, but Damian Lillard was there to meet and steal it. And from there, Lillard hit a tough tough runner that made it a three-point game with about a minute to play. Orlando came out of the timeout and got a fantastic open look for Terrence Ross that he just missed. A wide open look that was missed, and you have to live with those. He had another one later on, and this was just not a good game for Terrence Ross, shooting 5-for-16, 0-for-5 from beyond the arc, but you have to live with those. The late, and then there were inbounds turnovers. I mean, Portland didn't help themselves either. They missed a lot of free throws that made this game closer than it had to be. But even with an extra opportunity, with about four seconds left after a missed free throw, down by three, Orlando, the clocks didn't start on time. So Orlando got a chance to inbound it with, with the chance to, to run an actual play for a three pointer. Even then, they turned the ball over on the inbounds or didn't quite turn it over. But the clock, again, didn't start but the refs still counted the play and only gave them nine-tenths a second to score. They, They actually turned the ball over on that play as well. Orlando squandered a lot of opportunities here. And it wasn't just the final moments. It wasn't just the final minutes of the game that the Magic lost opportunity. It was Damian Lillard going off in the third quarter because Orlando effectively took him off the ball. Orlando effectively stopped him from driving to the lane, because Nikola Vucevic played fantastic pick-and-roll defense all night long. Except for maybe the first few minutes. But he was engaged and active, and the team was scrambling well. I mean, this this team's defense, when it is on and dialed in, is fantastic. But they still make communication errors. They still make organization errors that, that I'm sure drive Steve Clifford crazy. Because they lost track of Damian Lillard on several occasions, in transition especially. And so he ends up hitting... I think it was 7 three-pointers in the third quarter and 10 three-pointers in the game. 41 points in the game for Damian Lillard. 13 for 22 shooting, 10 for 15 from beyond the arc. Orlando did a good job on Damian Lillard, largely. Turned, turned the ball over more than he got assists. But they were unable to track him down in transition. They, were, they lost track of him on cuts. And he made them pay. Not only that, Orlando gave up a ton of offensive rebounds. 13 offensive rebounds for the Portland Trailblazers. 13 offensive rebounds that led to a lot of second chance points. Orlando kept putting itself at a disadvantage. And again, we've talked about it so many times, this team has such a small margin for error. They know they can play better. And they didn't. This game could have been wrapped up if they had corralled that rebound. There was a play late in the game where Jonathan Isaac blocked a shot and Damian Lillard it bounced right back to Damian Lillard. But Nikola Vucevic fouled him going for the ball. Maybe it was an aggressive play. I didn't think it was a particularly egregious foul. But in that situation, you hang back and you defend. Even if you're desperate to get the ball back. But as Steve Clifford also mentioned, Portland was first to every 50-50 ball. The Magic, I mean, this this is both a compliment and a frustration, the Magic played like they were the better team, and Portland was the scrappy team that had to go above and beyond to beat them. That's the universe we live in. And Portland did it. Orlando needs to be the scrappy team, and that was one of the big messages that Steve Clifford had after the game, when he gave a 33-second, rant isn't the right word, but directive to his team, to be tougher. And that directive says a lot more about where the Magic are at and where the Magic want to go than just those simple words and that short amount of time. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But before we dive into that, let's run through the final box score real fast. Another stellar game for Nikola Vucevic. 20 points, 8 for 12 shooting, 8 rebounds, 7 assists for Nikola Vucevic. Two block shots before he fouled out late in that game. Um, Fouling was a big issue for Vucevic. It was a big issue for a lot of teams. For a lot of the team players, that was another thing that that hurt the magic. was not just giving up offensive rebounds, but giving up fouls. Getting them to the foul line, kind of disrupting the flow of everything and, and limiting their aggression or being too aggressive or not smartly aggressive. Um, that's something the Magic are still struggling with and wrestling with. Um, a lot of issues this team is wrestling with. It's, it's honestly that with for all the problems the Magic have had, it's still impressive they have the record they have. But yes, they should have a better record. They should expect to have a better record. They've left more than a few games out on the board. Um, you know, for for a number of reasons. But Nikola Vucevic just did what he does: twenty points, eight rebounds, seven assists, twenty-eight and seven games. Just feel normal for him now. It's it's just he's gonna fill up a stat sheet. He's gonna do all these little things that just make the team better. And The Magic run their offense through him. I love when they do that. Um, they they cut and move off of him really well. He's such a gifted passer. He keeps the ball moving. Um, gets you know kind of gets is 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 it sort of he's sort of the sun. Every everything kind of orbits around him. And, and Orlando did did a really really good job uh, getting him involved. Honestly, could have gotten him a little more involved. Yusuf Nurkic did do a decent job defensively on him, but Vucevic was making shots. And again, just doing what he's done all year long. So another strong game for Nikola Vucic. But Orlando got a lot of great offensive contributions. Evan Fournier, like I said, 17 points, 7 for 13 shooting, 4 assists, 3 turnovers, 2 blocks for him. Got his offense back on track after a few games where he's really struggled from the floor, um, it, especially in the fourth quarter. Um, helped the Magic get back in the game. or uh, The Magic do not have a chance to win this game without Evan Fournier just as much as both Evan Fournier would say and certainly fans would say that the Magic lost this game because of Evan Fournier's play. I feel like when I'm watching him, he doesn't quite have confidence in himself or, or comfort in the new offense quite yet. That There are different reads and different things he has to do, um, especially with Aaron Gordon out. He had the lower back uh, lower back injury, kept him out of this one. Jonathan Isaac played fantastic. We'll talk about him in a moment. Um, but especially with Gordon out, it felt like Fournier was trying to take over the game, uh, especially at the end, um, and, and he's generally done a good job passing. I, I know a lot of fans are kind of out on Evan Fournier, and, and he hasn't had a good season. I, I, I don't think there's any denying that, but I, I still trust that Evan Fournier will reach his, his median or his, his, his mean at some point. Um, it, you know, All averages return to the mean. Um, I think that he's going to get there eventually. He's going to find his fit. He's passing the ball a lot better. He's doing a lot of other things um, that don't show up. But yes, he does need to score. Yes, he does need to shoot more efficiently. And tonight he had a good game until the fourth quarter, when he you know just kind of made some bad choice bad decisions, and bad choices. And the problem with Evan Fournier has always been the magic, asking him to do more than he's capable of doing. Um, you know, getting him back into that secondary role will help him. Uh, especially late in games, where he is very, very good. Don't don't forget that Evan Fournier is very good late in games. That's that's been proven over the last few years. But he's having his struggles right now. Um, you know, you just have to hopefully ride it out until he breaks out, or, you know, find a different way to get him going because he is vital to the team, whether whether fans like it or not. Jonathan Isaac, like I said, a fantastic game playing a second straight game of more than thirty minutes. Played thirty eleven. 5-for-9 um, shooting, 2-for-4 from beyond the arc, 7 rebounds, 16 points. Isaac was was good. Um, no, no way around it. He was aggressive, cutting to the basket well, taking his jumper confidently, making his jumpers. Uh, he, he did a lot of really good things without the pressure of having to guard such a great perimeter player um, and like a Kevin Durant. He really thrived both on offense and defense, I thought. Um, I, I thought that, you know, certainly he could stand to get more involved when he can. Um, but you know he fits into this offense really, really well. He knows when where his opportunities are coming. And he's not selfish about it. He takes them when they're there. He moves it when when they're not. And I think that's a really good thing for a young player. Jonathan Simmons, who I wrote about on the website, uh, as struggling to shoot, had a great shooting game. 13 points, four for six shooting. Really played under control. Uh, four turnovers, so didn't play that much under control. Uh, but uh, generally, I thought the shot selection was good. I thought his drives were good. Um, and his defense was very, very good on C.J. McCollum particularly. Uh, Simmons got the call on McCollum uh, and held him to 15 points on 6 for 17 shooting. So, you know, the Blazers got a lot of production from Damian Lillard and very little from anyone else. And so that was a huge plus for the Orlando Magic throughout the game. Simmons uh, doing a lot of things on both ends of the floor, playing in only 23 minutes. So, uh, you know, I think they got the right amount of use from him throughout the game. You know, maybe, you know, don't want to play him less than Jaron Grant, who's Str- who had both some successes with 7 assists and some struggles, uh, especially in the third quarter when the Magic gave up their lead. Um, but, you know, you, you, you take the good with the bad there. Um, finally, let's go with Terrence Ross. Had his first bad shooting game in a while. 10 points, 5-for-16 shooting, over 5 from beyond the arc. Missed two wide-open three-pointers with a chance to tie the game late. Nothing you can do about those. You're happy. You're happy that he got the shots. You're happy the Magic set up the shots. You want him taking the shot confidently, which he always does. Ross still hit some big shots, though. Um, you know, I, I think this was a predictable and and eventual off night for him. You know, he's not going to be a flamethrower every night. Um, otherwise, he'd be starting or be an all star. But he's not that. Um, but I think that he was still involved and active and engaged and 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 taking the shots you want him to take. So if he has an off night, the other players stepped up in his place and, and did, did good job. Like Mo Bamba, eight points, three for six shooting. Jarrell Martin off the bench with 10 points, four for six shooting, making two three-pointers at the end of the first quarter to keep the Magic in the game, give the Magic really good energy with that bench unit to help the Magic uh, take down what was an early deficit in this game. So Orlando got a lot of really strong performances. Um, I, I think that, uh, on you know honestly, nine out of 10 nights, the Magic would have won this game. Um, that's how well they played. You shoot 51.9%, you make 14 of 33s, you have 28 assists, 8 block shots, you only turn the ball over 14 times, which isn't a ton. It it, it felt like a game the Magic should have won and, and could have won and played well enough to win. But they didn't. And that's what stings the most about this game is the Magic looked like they did enough to win the game, but they didn't. Portland won despite shooting... 43.5%. They made 19 three-pointers, 10 of them by Damian Lillard, who had 41 points. They gave up 13 offensive rebounds. They they, gave up eight steals. The Magic were sloppy. The Magic gave this one away, and that's really one of the big takeaways from this game, is Orlando gave one away, and that's really something that that I think Steve Clifford is kind of over with this group um, and is trying to get them to realize and get them to be over that kind of play. You know, I, I I went outside today and realized I needed a sweater. And guess what? Today, or on Thursday, you're going to need a sweater too. Now, this cold front that's coming through Florida is going away. You know, we had our coldest days here in Orlando since January. And it's nice. We live in Florida. It gets warm again. Our, our winters are, are lovely. They're in the 70s. But winter does not forget about Florida. It, it may vacation here. and may, may spend like a weekend here. But it does not forget about Florida. I see you up in Marion County having to deal with frost. It, it, it's coming. It's not going to go away completely. We'll be back in the 50s soon for a few days. We'll have our one or two days in the 30s. They're coming. And before you get your tarps out to cover your plants, you got to take care of yourself. Whether you're trying to survive the frigid two days of winter we have here in Florida, or you're planning on going on like a ski trip or somewhere that actually has snow and actually experiences winter, Action Heat is a product that you need to try. They make the world's best battery-heated clothing. That's, that's crazy. Battery-heated clothing. You can heat on demand at the touch of a button. Control your environment with Action Heat. This sounds like something my mom would love. She hates the cold so much. Action Heat clothing is engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panels, similar to a heated car seat. Who doesn't love those? They can reach temperatures of up to 135 degrees and are powered by five rechargeable or rechargeable 5-volt lithium-ion batteries. I don't know how many there are. That lasts up to 12 hours on each charge. Action Heat batteries can also be used to recharge your phone or any other gadget while you're wearing them. That's fantastic. Perfect for any friend or family on your holiday gift list. Great for anyone who works outdoors, skiers, snowboarders, anybody that loves the outdoors or hates being cold. Action Heat clothing provides toasty warmth and comfort for your whole body, including heated jackets, socks, got to keep those feet warm, gloves, got to keep those hands warm, hats, and even undergarments like a heated base layer shirts and long johns. You Floridians don't know what that is, but when it gets really cold, you want underwear all over yourself. Trust me, it, it sounds weird, but but it, it's worth it. Action Heat is available in men's and women's and has great new styles and models just released for this winter season. Make winter activities more enjoyable with a blast of warmth. Action Heat is the perfect solution to keep you toasty and warm even in the most frigid winter weather. Be sure to check them out, Action Heat, for all your uh, heating needs. Heated products that fit everyone's budget starting at just $39.99. And and I think I forgot to say this the last time I talked about them. We've got a special deal for our listeners to save 20% off their entire order. Just go to actionheat.com slash on to check out everything Action Heat has to offer. That's actionheat.com slash on, or use the coupon code Locked on at checkout to save 20%. Stay toasty, warm while you enjoy all your outdoor activities this winter with Action Heat. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast.
1: Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it?
0: I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense.
1: Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier
2: said, done. Following Wednesday's game against the Portland Trailblazers, and I'm I'm not calling you out, Dante. I'm just mentioning that you asked the question. Fox Sports Florida's Dante Marcatelli prompted Steve Clifford to provide his general thoughts on the game, a sort of opening statement. And Steve Clifford went off for 33 seconds. Saying, and I'm going to paraphrase here, we're not tough enough. The Blazers won every 50-50 ball. And essentially, if we want to win, we've got to be the toughest team on the floor. We cannot get out-toughed by anybody. Like I said, and after saying that for 33 seconds, he walked off. Second time that he's Walked off of a post-game interview. And this comes a game after someone asked him about, you know, takeaways of going toe-to-toe with the defending champions. And Steve Clifford pretty much saying, I'm not here for that moral victory BS. He didn't say moral victory, but he did say BS. We have to get past that BS is essentially what he said after that game. Like I said before, this game felt like the Magic were the better team and the Blazers had to scrap and claw and fight to beat them. And the Magic let them do it. That cannot be the case. Steve Clifford is 100% right. That cannot be the case with this team. The margin for error is so small that the Magic cannot leave any of those stones unturned. They're, they're doing a lot of things right. Let's let's lay that out on the table. They're doing a lot of things right. They've bought into this offensive system. And their offense, despite their apparent lack of offensive talent, is playing at a very high level. They've bought into this defensive system. And when they're dialed in defensively, they're as good as anybody in the league. And they, they could be dialed in for long stretches. But that's not enough. The difference for this magic team isn't that they can't play well, it's that they don't do it long enough. We know they can play well. And Steve Clifford, I think, in saying we've got to be tougher, we've got to execute better, is not you know, questioning the the desire or the want of the team. He's saying we're doing a lot of things well, but not well enough. One of the big differences between the college and the pro game is eight minutes. Eight minutes doesn't sound like a lot, but those eight minutes, for lack of a better metaphor, separate the men from the boys. You watch a college game, you watch the NCAA tournament. You see upsets. But I would venture to guess if you gave that higher-seeded team eight more minutes, they would win. You see it in the NBA all the time. A team can play 36 minutes really well, 38 minutes really well, 40 minutes really well. But it's those last eight minutes, as this Magic team knows over the last six years, that changes everything. What I think Steve Clifford is questioning here or what Steve Clifford is telling his team, is that yes, you can put together a really strong 36 minutes. You can put together a really good 40 minutes, and you can give yourself a chance to win at the end of these games. But what separates, what separates a team that goes to the playoffs, that accomplishes all their goals, And a team that's home in April is those final eight minutes. What Steve Clifford is talking about, in my opinion, and saying this team needs to be tougher, and whatever word you want to use it, what he's really talking about is being mentally tougher. Being, pushing through fatigue, pushing through the pressure situations. Treating every minute like it matters to get those final eight minutes, to win those final eight minutes. And that's something the Magic, again, have struggled with for the last six years, but the Magic are inconsistent with, to say the least, so far this year. Say noted on Fox Sports Florida, the Magic have played a lot of close games this year. They've won their share of close games. That Cleveland game, they they showed the toughness. Honestly, in this Portland game, they showed at least the desperation and the urgency to give themselves a chance even through their mistakes. The word that's been used to describe this magic group from within that locker room, from outside that locker room, is resilient. They know they don't have the most talent in the world. They know the margin for error is very small. They know they're not supposed to be as good as they've been, as far as what the stats say or what outside pundits say. But despite whatever roadblocks been put in front of them, they seem to be able to bounce back. They seem to be able to respond in a way that that they haven't so far. In the last six years. That's all good. But none of it matters if they don't win. All that progress, all that, 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 that feeling of warmth, of, hey, we, we, we had a chance to win. A chance to win is not a win. The Magic, I, I think we can successfully say and safely say, are going to have a chance to win more often than not. They've, they've, I think they've gained that much faith from us through the quor- first quarter of the season. Yeah, they'll still lay some duds. They'll still get blown out on occasion. But more often than not, they go down 15. They're going to find, or they go down 10 like they did tonight. They're going to find a way to, to get back into the game. They're not going to go away. They're not going to quit. They're not going to lay down. That's a huge step up from last year In the last few years. But that's not enough. Now you've got to take advantage of that opportunity. Now you've got to have the mental focus and strength and stamina to get to the finish line. And that's on both ends. It's not just about the turnovers and executing on offense. It's about executing on defense, avoiding silly fouls, keeping track of where guys are defensively. Getting to that loose ball. Clifford's right. Wednesday night, the Blazers were first to every loose ball. They made the plays they had to make. And while they were a little shaky at the foul line to finish the game and Orlando still you know, gave themselves a chance to win on the final possession or gave themselves a chance to force overtime, Orlando wasn't completely there. They weren't sharp. This was not. This was an effort with a lot of strong individual performances, but one where the team didn't quite come together. Compared to where the Magic have been for the last six years, those are good problems to have. I'm not denying that, but that's not what this game is about. This game's about winning. It's a zero sum game at the end of the day, and you know you can live with the loss where you made you executed well and just missed shots. And they made tough shots. That's what that Toronto loss was. You could tell the difference between how Clifford felt after that Toronto loss to today or to Wednesday. A week ago, a week's, a week's time. Against Toronto, Magic got beat by a tough shot by Danny Green. They made some tough shots down the stretch. Made some good shots down the stretch. Had a chance to win a game. Green made the shot. Ran out of time. This game, Magic had opportunities. They squandered them. And that's not acceptable on both ends. And that's just not acceptable anymore. These statements about toughness and and, and and getting rid of moral victories are as much about shifting the culture as anything else. This is culture. Those final eight minutes, that's culture. Because that, those final eight minutes when you are tired beyond belief from a 48-minute game, you go back to what you rely on most. You go back to what is at the core of your team. And the Magic are trying to change that. And we're seeing those mixed results because of that. And so Clifford is saying the whole culture has to change. You can't just be satisfied with an opportunity to win the game. You have to be satisfied with the win itself. And nothing else, nothing less is acceptable. This season's all about how the Magic respond. It's been that way all year long. How do they respond from this defeat? How do they respond after a winning streak? How do they respond to a new coach? Friday night against Phoenix will be all about how the Magic respond now. Last game of a road trip. Heading home. Dropping a couple games you should have had. Against the worst, no offense to Phoenix, the team with the worst record on this road trip. That you face. Are you going to come out focused and take care of business? A tough team will. A team that wants those final eight minutes will. I think that's part of the character about the magic we still do not know yet. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philipr__omdi. And of course, Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic, as well as subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast enabled listening device. You can find me again on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. That's going to do it for me today. Tomorrow, we'll have our second part of our quarter review conversation with Stephen Cameron of the Close Up Magic. Be sure to check that out. You can check out part one on yesterday's episode of Locked On Magic. But until then, For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Ross Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando
1: Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day.